Welcome to the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. I'm your host, Harriet Blevins. This podcast is designed to empower, educate, and encourage women of all ages and stages of life in their walk with God. Our goal and intent is to provide you with the best content and topics relevant to your lives as Christians. We will have conversations with other leaders all along the way and discuss topics all of us want and need to hear. I'm so happy you're here, and I hope you enjoy the journey with me. You know, um, Tim was talking about Sunday, how when we come to church, we are the priesthood of believers, you know, all the time. I mean, that's who we are. But when we come to church as a priest, we give the king what he wants, right? And what does he want? He wants the acceptable form of worship the lifting of our hands, right? The singing of our voices, the clapping of our hands, all the things. He tells us in his word what he wants. And it's so amazing. I know as he looks down on this little garage or whatever this is that we're in, I know. So it's it's fine, though. It's going to be fine because the new building's getting handled. Tim's got a um, a whole update on that on Sunday. Let me just tell you, when we say more than we could ask or think more than we could ask or think. So God has just been good and good and good and good about that. And it's going to be worth the wait, even though we feel like we're hidden away like David's mighty men in the cave of Adullam. God's got us in here sharpening our swords and we're going to come out because there's a roar in our lungs, right? There's a roar in our lungs right now. Um, so yeah, I do want to say, gosh, I miss our Nicole. I've never really done sisterhood without her. Ever for nine years, she's been by my side, steadfast, true, faithful. Nine years, twice every Tuesday. I mean, she's been in it with me, and I just miss her when she's not here. But I'm so thankful because we know, Michelle explained to y'all last week what a blessing it is for her to get to be in, as Emery would call it, Aussie way. So she's in Australia. Um, And I do want to say thank you to you and to you too, Gina, for carrying the thing last week. But Michelle, I, I was telling you, and I'm just not blowing smoke up your tailpipe. I have, I, I forget these are recorded now for the podcast. So I have to, I'm going to rein it back in. But I, I'm going to tell you, I, I have taken a lot of theology classes because I'm 57 years old. I have never heard a better overview than that. Solid, I mean, it was something. I listened yesterday on my walk, and I was like, yes. I mean, I know if people saw me, I was like, I mean, it was awesome. It was awesome. So good. So I feel like you guys got a massive overview of Moses' life last week. I mean, it was just, it was something. It was, it was truly a stunning day. So thank you, because that, I know we call her like the walking Bible, but you know, there's a lot of studying that has to go into that. There's a lot of digging, mining out the word, the scriptures. Uh, she herself is a minister in her own right, um, ordained and all the things. So th- that takes, it takes a lot to pull all of that out. And it was, it was really something awesome. Yeah, awesome. It was good. Hey, Holland, so happy to see you. Okay, don't forget we have our pink mugs. 
that are for sale that are going to benefit Lifeline Pregnancy Center. Uh, we want to begin to reach back out to our community and to give to them. So it's $20 cash. If you don't have it today, just bring it one week. We'll have them here every week. And half of the proceeds of that goes to Lifeline. The other half just goes to pay for them being made. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into it. We're going to really get into it. I'm sorry it's hot. I know. It's so hot. Uh, it just is. By, you wait till the end. I'll be sweating. It's, I, don't, I, I was thinking this morning, why do I even shower? Because this is what we have, and it doesn't really work. So I may actually go to the Lowe's or the Home Depot and buy a new air conditioning unit today. <laughs> if I could get somebody to replace, I may actually do that out of my own pocket because it's that hot here. So let's go to the Lord. Father, I thank you so much for all this great company of women that have gathered today to be together, to worship, to learn. God, for all of us to walk out of this room with a piece of revelation that we did not have when we walked into it. And Lord, we thank you that it is your desire that all your sons and daughters be taught of the Lord, of you. You are our teacher. And so, Lord, we look to you today. As we open your word, let it come to life. Let it bring new perspective, uh, a new freshness on the way that we see through the lens of even our own world, God. And we thank you for it all. I ask, God, that you would anoint my words and as I always say, let anything of me fall away. But what is of you, Lord, let it come forth and bear fruit. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I am so happy to be back at Sisterhood today because I was in Texas last week with Tim. I have the cowboy boots to, show, to prove it. I know. Um, they have a beautiful Tikova store there. It was awesome. Um, but you know what? I am so thankful that I have a team that it just does not miss a beat. It does not miss a beat when I'm not here. It just like keeps right on rolling along and the ministry keeps going forward, taking ground, establishing the kingdom of God. It's amazing. I love it so much. And I truly believe we were not created to do ministry alone. Ever. We were not created to do that. So we're going to dig into this. Today I'm calling this lesson, Lessons from the Midwives. Lessons from the midwives. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Exodus 1, and we're going to get right into it today. Beginning with verse 6. And Joseph died. Dun, dun, dun. And Joseph died, and all of his brothers, and all that generation. <laughs> so there you go. Done and dusted. That is, there it is. But the sons of Israel were fruitful and multiplied and increased greatly and became exceedingly mighty so that the land was filled with them. Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Behold, the people of the sons of Israel are more mightier than we are. Come, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply, and in the event of war, they also join themselves to those who hate us and fight against us and then depart from the land. So they appointed taskmasters over them to afflict them with hard labor, and they built for Pharaoh. Now, I want you to know in this whole deal of Moses, when you hear the king and Pharaoh, they are one and the same. They are, those are interchangeable words right there. They're not two different people. So they built for Pharaoh storage cities, and these cities were Ramses and Pithom. 
But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and the more they spread out. And so they were in dread. Say dread. They were in dread of the sons of Israel. And the Egyptians compelled the sons of Israel to labor rigorously. And they made their lives bitter with hard labor in mortar, in bricks, and all kinds of labor in the field. And their labors, which they rigorously imposed on them. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives. And he said one of them's name was Shifra. I don't know if it's Shifra or Shifra. I'm saying Shifra because I'm hooked on phonics. Works for me, right? Shifra. And the other was Pua. Those are unfortunate names, but that is what it is. And he said, when you are helping the Hebrew women to give birth and see them upon the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall put him to death. If it is a daughter, then she shall live. Why? Because it's the son that carries on the seed of the people, of the the tribes. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had commanded them, but let the boys live. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and he said to them, why have you done this thing? So here he is holding them accountable. Why have you done this thing and let the boys live? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and they give birth before the midwife can get to them. So God was good to the midwives and the people multiplied and became very mighty. And it came about because the midwives feared God that he established households for them. So reading from verse 6 down through verse 22. So here we are at the end of Joseph's life. Now remember, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob's youngest son, 13, is Joseph. All 12 of his brothers are the 12 tribes of Israel, right? You know that. That's who they became. What had once started as a rescue operation for the people of Israel. Remember, there was famine. 12 brothers came to Joseph. They recognized him. He gave them food and water. Then that's when all the Israelites started coming to Egypt because there's grain in Egypt and Joseph is there, right? That's the story. So what began as a rescue operation is now turned into bondage and slavery. So it's not good. So as a side note, this can happen to us. This very thing can happen to us. What once God used to free us and deliver us can sometimes then flip and turn into a place of bondage and hardship for us. So as an example, if there was an accident and 911 was called and the emergency crews come to rescue you, you do not stay in the ambulance or the ER forever, do you? And, you know, I know our hospital's having a hard time. I know, getting people out of the ER, I understand. But normally, in a normal world, that would not be a good thing, right? That just would not be how it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be a place that you live forever, right? I mean, it's a holding place. It's a holding place. It can become a place of bondage, and you could feel enslaved to it if they never remove the IVs or let you go home, right? Yes. So the Israelites had been rescued, so they'd gone through this huge rescue, because Joseph had been there to pro- provide for them, but they had overstayed their welcome. They overstayed their welcome, and they needed now to go home. But just like God 
even in this hard place, and you and I can look back at every hard place in our life, and we can see where he still was good to us, and where in some regards he still multiplied us, increased us, and established us. It's just like God. There's no other, there's no other explanation for it. They grew, and they grew, and they grew in number in this situation. So much so that it literally struck the Egyptians' heart with something more than fear, with dread. With dread. You know, fear is a precursor to dread. They're kind of pals. They're like first cousins. But um, what, what that means is that fear, when it strikes us, it means that something might happen. It, it might. When dread is there, it's going to happen. It, like, I'm dreading it. I know it's coming. Here it comes. That's what had struck their hearts. So um, the more afflicted the people of Israel became, the greater and mightier the word says that they grew. It's amazing. See, only God can do that. That's one of those divine providences that Michelle was talking about last week. That's not normal. Only God can do that kind of thing. But how many of you know everything in God's kingdom is upside down and backwards? Right, every single thing. I mean, if you want to be lifted up, you got to go low. You want to be high, you want to be first, you got to be the last. You want to get, you got to give. Right, all the things. We know all of all those places there. That's how this situation was. The more oppressed they became, the greater they grew. It was kind of awesome when you look at it. So the king, Pharaoh, became all too aware of this, and he issues a decree. I'm going to put it in today's terminology. He issued a mandate. You with me? All right. To the Hebrew midwives. And here's what he said. Kill all the Hebrew males that are born. Wow. Now notice, there's no wonder who's a male and who's a female. They knew who was a male and female. Kill the males. I mean, there was no even side conversation about that, whatever that is. Kill them all, put them to death. That's basically what he said to them. Doesn't that sound familiar to us? Yeah, it sounds familiar, not only in the day we're living in, but let's go over to Matthew 2. Let's look at Matthew 2, verses 16 and 17. Then when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, this is when Jesus was born, he became enraged and sent and slew or killed, murdered all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all of its environs, their surrounding places, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had ascertained from the Magi. Then that which was spoken through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled, and we all know this. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children. Remember that. Remember all along the way as we study the life of Moses, and um, we've talked about it the last two weeks, he is a typecast of Jesus. So he's a type of Old Testament typecast of Jesus. See, the enemy always tries to get you and I to abort God's plans. His calling card has always been kill 
still destroy. When you see that anywhere in the world, you can know that the enemy has been at work there, killing, stealing, destroying. But see, God always uses people. I don't even understand it. There are sometimes I am like, God, like, why would you use us? We are so broken. We are so messed up, right? At times, it is just crazy. But he uses everyday people to accomplish all of his plans on the earth. That's just his plan. That's just the way he wants to do it. So as we get into this, Moses, remember, is the main character of our story. But I want to highlight in today's message two special women. We cannot go forward in the life of Moses without stopping and addressing these two women, Shifra and Pua. We cannot. We have to look at them. So I'm going to tell you what I personally believe, that these two women are completely and totally responsible for the beginning, the genesis of the Exodus that we all know what happened. These two women started the whole ball of wax rolling. They began it. I love that so much. Two women. Y'all, we are powerful. We are mighty. God will use you and I. We've got some lessons to learn from them, but he will use us in ways that could be world-changing. I have said this two weeks ago. I believe the reason God has us studying Moses for weeks and weeks and weeks is because what he is getting ready to do on planet Earth will mirror in some way the biblical works that the, the people around the world, and I mean around the world, not just America, the nations of the Earth will say that had to be God. Now, they didn't have... Uh, you know, the World Wide Webs back in, you know, the Red Sea days. But if they had of, that's what they would have said back then. Only God could part the Red Sea, cause the water to stand up on itself, create dry land, and uh, millions of people walk across it. That is just, that is like a felt board story, right? In Sunday school. That does not even seem real. What is getting ready to happen prophetically, I believe, in this time? We are in the, the transition of our lifetimes. Our lifetimes of living on planet Earth has never seen such as what is getting ready to happen on planet Earth. And that's why we're studying Moses. So that when it happens, we're going to go, that was biblical. There's no other way around it than to say that was God. Some of us need to cultivate today, and I hope my words stir this in you, the heart and the spirit of these two midwives. That's what I hope that today does. So here's what Shifra means. Listen to these two names and what they mean. Her name means beauty and harmony. Beauty and harmony. So every time someone said, hi, Shifra, they were saying, hello, beautiful, harmonious one. That's literally what they're calling her. Pua's name means splendid and radiant. That's even cooler, right? That's amazing. That's who these two women are. They must have been something. And I'm going to tell you why I think that. So I'm going to highlight three points for you today out of this lesson. Number one is we should always fear God 
and not man. Fear God and not man. Listen to my voice. Not even the king himself. Whoever that seems to be in whatever place you're in. Genesis 1.17 said, But the midwives feared God, and they did not do as the king of Egypt had commanded them, but they let the boys live. How many of y'all have been watching the funeral of the queen? Be honest. Own up to it. Uh-huh, I know, me too. I've watched little bits and pieces of it, and I'm going to tell you, yesterday was quite something to behold. It really, truly was. I don't really understand all the monarchy, and I don't even believe in all of that, honestly. To be honest with you, I just, at the end of the day, but I want to give honor where honors do. But I did think, Lord Jesus, I told Susan, I said, they've drugged this woman all over the kingdom for 10 days. They have driven her from Murphy to Manio, as my grandmother used to say, let her rest in peace. And then I found out she had planned it all. I was like, whoa, I mean... Wow, because I was like, they have driven her and driven her. I was like, Susan, they got her in, you know, some part of Scotland now. They got her in, you know. I mean, I just kept going, when are they ever going to let her rest in peace? I mean, seriously, I digress. But listen to this. All of that pomp and circumstance, it actually is created not to just make us be like, whoa, but to be a fearsome thing. When you see, you know, the Royal Canadian Police and the, 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 I think they were there guarding the, the casket and you see all the chariots and the horsemen and the swords and the uniforms and the military and all, I mean, it just goes on and on and on forever. It was something, really something. It is fearsome. But ain't nobody going to go up in the middle of all that and do nothing because it was a lot. Like millions of people were there. Like it was truly something. These two midwives had had a personal conversation with the king, and he gave them a very direct command. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to kill all the boys, and you're going to let the girls live. He actually spoke to them. He didn't send a little, you know, courier. Is that what they're called? Like, you know what I'm saying? He didn't do that. He didn't send like a little pigeon note, you know, tell the midwives to, here's what I want them to do. He told them personally. He told them personally, and they did not do what he told them to do. Whew, I mean, that's just something. They had to have been, had fear struck in them. They had to have. They didn't seem to flinch, right? Well, we don't see that here, that they did any of that. I'm sure they had to say to one another, like, you got this. Like, we got this. We, we can do it. Can do, okay. I got it. I can do it. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody going, you got this girl. You can do this thing. I mean, right. They had to be encouraging one another because what in the world, right? I mean, they had to, they had to do that. There, notice there's no cancel culture in this story. That's not happening here. King told them to do something. They said, nah, we're, we're good. We got this. They feared God alone and they obey God alone. That, that period. That's what they did. That leads me to point number two. It is said that this is the first recorded act of civil disobedience in history. That's something. Yep, it is said that this is the first recorded act of civil disobedience in history. Verse 18 and 19 
So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to him, Why have you done this thing and let the boys live? And the midwife said back to him, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women. They're vigorous and they give birth before the midwife can get to them. So think about this. We just came through a pandemic, y'all, where some of us could not even stand up to a mandate given by the state of North Carolina. Now, we didn't know any better, and we do better when we know better. We didn't know any better. Can you imagine standing up to the lone authority, the tyrannical Pharaoh king, whatever you want to call him, the lone one in all the land? Can you imagine doing that? I mean, they even lied to him, and that would take some guts. Now, I had to sit on this for a minute when I was writing this and think, hmm, that, that is interesting. And here's what thus thinketh Harriet, okay? This is not thus saith the Lord. I think these two women, these two godly women, I think they sat down, and at the end of the day, they, were, they concluded murdering children is worse than lying, and we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. That's what I think actually happened. That is a greater offense than lying to the king or anybody else. That's what they boiled it all down to. They had to. They had to have. Now, I'm sure they waited out, and at the end, they chose life. They chose life at the end of the day. They had no idea fully, I'm sure, what their civil disobedience was actually opening up a doorway and a gateway, which I know a womb is, a type of doorway or gateway to life. They did not understand that as they obeyed God, literal life was going to come rushing back into the lives of their people, their nation, even being held as slaves and bondsmen in another country. I don't think they had any idea that that's what was actually happening along with deliverance. Can't forget that piece, the deliverance that came. It is hard for me to believe when I read stories like this, and that seems so barbaric, doesn't it? When I read Herod's words and I read Pharaoh's words to you, throw them away, put them in the Nile, kill them. If they're, un if they're two years and under, kill them. Just, it is hard for my brain to grasp that we live in such a time in America where there are still women that will fight you for the right to kill their own children. I cannot get my logical mind around that, much less my spiritual brain. I cannot make myself... Now, I believe that's changing, right? We're, we're beginning to see ground taken and that changing. We are not finished. We need to keep praying. We need to keep standing for life. Because we are not finished with it. All it means is it's going back to the states. And our state is something right now. It's something. But just like the Israelites, I believe God will bring his reward with him to a people who fight for life. I truly believe that. I don't think anything has changed with God's heart from that time till today. I don't. I really don't. I mean, and we see it in the New Testament too. When Jesus was born, they were calling for it. Okay, this leads me to my last point, number three. How are we doing here? Number three is the obedience 
of the midwives led to blessing. We're going to talk about some of those blessings. Verse 20 and 21 says, So God was good to the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very mighty, and it came about because the midwives feared God that he established households for them. So here we see three distinct blessings. Increase, might, and an establishment of households and families, which is so desperately needed today in our world. All three of them, but especially that third one. Now, I don't know about you, but I want some of this. I want some of this right here. I mean, who doesn't want increase? Who does not want might? Nobody in this room wants to feel weak. Everyone wants to be strengthened and have might within you. And then the establishing of our homes and our families. I mean, how awesome is that? All of us want that. It's all, this is all the good stuff of life. If you were to boil life down, you know, so many things don't matter. But many things do matter, and this right here is part of it. So not only are they ushering in life, they are bringing a massive reward into their own personal atmospheres, their own personal lives. Yes, it is changing a nation. Yes, it is changing a future. Yes, it is changing the kingdom of God in the earth and how that looks in the earth when Moses is born. But it really changed their personal atmospheres, their personal lives. That is beautiful, uh, amazing. Now, I want to ask you today, is God possibly asking you to show up in a situation with the spirit of a midwife? Is there something that God is saying, I want you to do this right here, not this right here. I want you to use your voice. I want you to use your influence. I want you to use your very life for what God values not what maybe our culture or even we maybe in the past have valued. Is he asking you to this type of obedience? And I will say to you that I feel like in all of our lives as Christians, we do have times where we have to, we come up against a situation and we know right there, I have a choice to make. I have a decision to make. I can either obey God or I can obey the culture. I can do one or the other. And it happens several times, kind of like it comes like this, kind of like seasons in our lives as Christians. But, I mean, I I have had this happen to me even during the season of COVID. This happened to me. I had to say, Tim and I, we had to sit down and say, if one of us ends up in jail, and y'all may laugh at that. I know Bailey's like, whoa, it's so awesome. I can't wait to get a picture. But I am like... Tim, I mean, you know, because we were the first church that opened back up in New Hanover County after COVID, and, you know, we shut down in March, and in May, Tim came to me, or he came to me actually in April, and said, God told me to open the church back on Pentecost Sunday, and I said, at that point, the governor of North Carolina had ruled all churches to be closed, and I said, well, what... Like, what are you going to do? Because there's literally a law that is now being established, a mandate. Well, he said to me, mandates aren't laws, which is true. It wasn't a law. 
That's right, and unconstitutional. And he said to me, if I, kind of like Esther, if I perish, I perish. He was like, no, it's going to be fine. And if I go to jail, I'll go to jail over the cause of Christ and the church that Jesus is building in the earth and partnering with him, and that's how it's going to be. And like 10 days before we were to open the church, before Pentecost Sunday, the Supreme Court of North Carolina met and voted that churches in North Carolina can never be closed again for any reason. And that is a big thing. But I mean, there were some moments during this because my whole life, y'all have to remember, I'm almost 60 years old. I have been a rule follower. I mean, I'm like, if Tom Brokaw is telling us on the news, I'm doing the thing. I mean, you know, the, the doctors and the, I was like, I mean, I was like, yes. I mean, we're supposed to be doing all that. I did not know. Now I know better and I do better. I, I have more information now. I didn't know them because guess what? All that was being thrown at us was fear, 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 fear. And let me also say lies. Right. You can probably bet whatever's coming through the television is, just think that the actual opposite is happening. <laughs> Literally, you can almost demise that whatever that is, I'm just going to actually believe the exact opposite. I don't even know. But you know what? It is not comfortable. I don't like people to be mad at me. I don't like people to go, what news are you watching? Where are you getting all your information? I'm like, clearly not in the same place you are. I mean, honestly, it was hard. It's hard to feel misunderstood. And I'm going to tell you, that's what these midwives were up against. They were up against a culture. They were up against a mandate that it wasn't like just the governor of North Carolina. This was the king. And he told them straight to their face, here's what I want you to do. And they basically said, no, we're good. We're good. We're not doing that. When God asks you and I to do something, even civil disobedience, he always shows up with his reward with him. Always. I have never seen that not happen. When he asks you to do something hard and you think there's just no way, I can't do this. I'm, I represent this in my family or this in my career, this at work or this, you know, with my kids or whatever it is in my school. You can know when you stand up for the kingdom of God and the things in this word right here, you can know God will reward you. He, you may spend a night in jail. It'll be fine. We'll come get you. I promise you, if any of y'all go to jail, I'll come get you out. I'll put bond up, bail, whatever it is. I mean, honestly, I have never seen God forsake his people ever, never, ever, ever. So, you know, these little birthing stools that I talked about you know, back when I read the story to you, they were spoken of uh, about the Hebrew midwives using them. And they were actually two bricks that they used, which is fitting, right? Because that's what they were doing, mortar, bricks, making bricks for the Egyptians. That's what they were doing. So later on, and when the hieroglyphs, and Michelle talked about a little bit last week, when they were, were made, and that's what, you know, Moses was learning that, a little bit later on, even while Moses was still alive on the earth, those birthing stools, the picture of them, are the actual hieroglyph, even to this day, of the word birth. Life. Those birthing stools. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That goes all the way back to the birth of Moses. That's what that's referring to, is how they, they use those birthing stools. See, God will always bring the support you and I need to do what he's asked us to do. Yeah. 
If he has asked you to bring forth life on a birthing stool, he's going to give you the support of that stool to sit on, to encourage you, to give you the support you need so that the thing of God can come forth. The life of God can come forth into that situation. He will not leave you without an encouragement. He will bring you a birthing stool. I promise he will so that you can get the job done. And who knows? I mean, who knows what job it is God's creating you to do? Because I just said to you, I believe we are, we are in similar times of Moses and I will say even Noah. We are in similar times now. So I, who knows that our yes to God may be a tipping point in this season of transition. We already know. You can see in the natural. The second Elizabethan era is over. That's what's happening to the British people. They're like, what is going to happen? Because our dude that's supposed to be the head of the Church of England doesn't even really believe in God. So how are we going to do this thing? How's this going to, what, what in the world? Right? You talk about a change of guard. And that's just in the natural. So we're going to see it more and more play out on the earth. But we are God's people. And we can come right into alignment with what he's calling us to do and say, I choose to fear God and not man. I choose to take a lesson from the midwives. I choose to do that. You know, there may be a, a great exodus that God's going to use your life for. I would absolutely call that beautiful, harmonious, radiant, and splendid. Right? Just like Shipra, just like Pua. I would absolutely call it that. It's amazing. It's an amazing thing. So we are going to break up now for about 10 to 15 minutes in our, in our talk time groups. Just four or five of you just group up. Eli will put, I don't even know if we need to put any worship music on because it gets so loud in here because y'all are all talking. I'm going to give you a question. Here's your question today. Here's your question. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to close you out today with a prophetic word that is a shot of hope for the day that we live in. Are y'all ready for that? So here's your question today. What is one takeaway, one thing that God highlighted today to you? What is one thing that you went, mm, I, I see that different. may not have been like a lesson to you, but just a little highlight where the Lord highlighted it to you today, and you knew specifically God was highlighting that to you. Okay, we're gonna, I'm going to put the timer on. Y'all got about 15 minutes. We'll say about 12 minutes, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up, okay?